Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Playoff fever is, has caught on here. It's it's shoot, man. It, I was gonna say it's a purple purple Tuesday as we record this, but it's a purple entire week. It's the playoffs. The Ravens are the number one seed. We host the Titans. On Saturday night, oh, I'm feeling good, TK. The bank's going to be rocking on Saturday night. Well, we took a, a little break for the holidays, and may we be the last ones to wish you a very happy new year. And uh, 2020, I think we got some big things coming for the Ravens. And uh, yeah, so since it's been a few weeks, we're going to forego our... Week 17 recap of the Steelers. Always nice to beat the Steelers, but we're looking forward to a big-time matchup in the AFC Divisional Round against the Tennessee Titans as they come to town. The Titans, of course, beat the New England Patriots uh, in Foxborough, so they're they're a hot team coming in. I think they've won eight of their last 11, and uh, they they pose some challenges here. So we're going to talk offense, defense, and special teams, how the Ravens match up with the Titans, some major keys, and then we'll look at some things going on in the background, some NFL awards, some uh, NFL coaching carousel, and uh, some other things that we might want to talk about here. So let's just jump right into it. Ravens offense against the Titans defense. Holly, what are some of the matchups that you're looking forward to, or what are some of the kind of storylines that Ravens fans might want to be uh, aware of going into the game? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing when you look at this matchup is certainly going to be the health of our man, Mark Ingram. You know, big trust. Woo, woo. You know, hopefully, you know, he will come in and, and be healthy on Saturday night and, and be able to contribute. That said, you know, I, I, I think I have full trust in Gus Edwards and, you know, potentially Justice Hill as well. He showed a little bit of spark that last game. Uh, against the Steelers, which was fun to see. But definitely, look, at this point, we've got a, a veteran backup that we know we can trust, especially after his stud rookie season last year that led us to the playoffs. So I think, you know, we at least have that stability of Gus Edwards. But it's definitely going to be how are we lining up, you know, with that running running game. But, you know, otherwise, I, I think it's going to be um, pretty much can can the Titans stop our offense? That's that's it. And I don't know that they're going to be able to. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. I mean, they do have some quality players. Um, they have a familiar face, a defensive coordinator, and Dean Pease, who is the Ravens defensive coordinator when we won the Super Bowl back in 2012. So, you know, they, they have some good players like Jarrell Casey. Rashawn Evans is a really good middle linebacker, very fast. And they have a quality secondary uh, with uh, Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan, um, and then at safety, they have Kenny Vaccaro, who I liked a lot coming out of college. I was hoping that the Ravens would have a chance to draft him. And then they also have Kevin Byard, who is one of the highest paid safeties in the league. Very, very talented player. So they have a good defense. If you look at the numbers, they give up a ton of yards. They're in the bottom third of the league in yards allowed, but they're number 12 in points allowed. So in that sense, they're like a classic bend, don't break Dean P's defense. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here, and that kind of plays right into the Ravens' hands because the Ravens' offense eats yards. 
And and if they can continue to do that and rack up yards and and get a few red zone conversions in which you know we're, we're scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals and kind of breaking that pattern that the Titans have set for themselves for the whole year, you know I think that puts the Ravens in a really good position. Um, I, I read earlier that Dean Pease is looking into some some old Super Bowl footage because if you remember. In that Ravens versus 49ers Super Bowl, Greg Roman was the 49ers offensive coordinator. So Dean Pease is looking back to that film to get some ideas uh, as to you know how he was able to defend. But if you remember that game, the Ravens defense gave up 31 points and almost 500 yards. So I was just sure. going to say, <laughs> if anything, it makes me feel pretty good about the chess match and second half adjustments the Ravens might be able to make should Dean Pease have a good first half calling plays for their defense. I, I feel good about Greg Roman being able to dial up some plays to uh, make that uh, bend, don't break defense, bend a little bit more than Dean Pease might want. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's what I was thinking, too. I mean, yeah, you can look at old film, but I mean, look, I mean, it's not as though Greg Roman hasn't adjusted and that he won't adjust. I mean, I don't know. It, like, so that the. But let's the also that, be real here. And, mm-hmm. and this is this is in no disrespect to Colin Kaepernick, who had a fantastic season and playoffs that year. He's not Lamar, he was never Lamar Jackson ever in his career. I mean, that's the thing. It, Lamar throwing and running the ball has never happened. Enough of this Michael Vick stuff, enough of that comparison. Lamar stands alone at mm-hmm. this point in, in that type of talent and ability. No one has seen that before. And yeah. You know, you can go watch some old film with Colin Kaepernick running some Greg Roman plays all day long. And please, I hope that's what they prepare for because they're not getting that. They're getting Lamar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one of the things that stood out to me about that um, that article that I read is that they utilized, you know, what I saw somebody called the mesh charge. And, you know, it's, it's what the Steelers were doing to RG3, kind of just like hitting him even if he handed the ball off. And, you know, certainly the Ravens were not very happy with that strategy. I think Ravens fans also were, were a little bit frustrated with uh, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt kind of coming in and hitting RG3 a little bit. But, you know, I'm not sure that's really going to work on Lamar Jackson as much because he's going to be gone. Like, you know, either he's going to take off or, you know, he's, he's going to be able to avoid that hit. So, you know, I, I I am interested to see if they continue to employ that. I think the Steelers really did the Ravens a favor by doing that. And if the Titans employ that as well, I mean, the Ravens just saw that two weeks ago. So that strategy will be very interesting to see, like, if they carry that over the Ravens, that's fresh in their mind. So I think that also kind of plays into the Ravens' uh, favor. It, it should. Now, one thing that may not play into either team's favor is going to be the weather. Um, and that may also play, you know, certainly into the favor of the defensive players, just with the fact that it sounds like it's going to be an unseasonably warm and wet day, mid-60s and rainy 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's just a weird, weird night, you know, for a mid-January playoff game and just a slick ball, slick field, under the lights. A lot of weird things can sometimes happen. So, you know, that that's another thing to certainly look out for if, if, if the weather predictions stay stay as they currently are. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly something to keep an eye on. You know, the 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 Maryland weather can can change in the blink of an eye. That it um, can. But yeah, so it, it, that does look like what it's going to be. The Ravens have played in that before. They beat the 49ers, and the, the Titans are not the 49ers. Um, you know, so I, I think the Ravens will be prepared for that. I think it also kind of works for the for the Titans and, and Derrick Henry, who we'll talk about later. But um, you know, sticking with the offense, I think. Uh, one of the things that we can continue to look forward to is a lot of motion from the tight ends, uh, particularly uh, Patrick Ricard and Nick Boyle. I think that'll, you know, offset some of the, you know, aggressiveness from some of the the Titans uh, defenders coming up. I think you know having those big blockers in there will obviously continue to to be an uh, advantage for the Ravens and. Uh, Look, I, I, I'm not sure if rest versus rest is a real thing. I mean, Lamar hasn't played in about three weeks now. Um, you know, Mark Ingram hasn't been practicing as much as he usually does. I honestly don't think that it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, I think with this style of offense, you know, if it was a very, like, pass-heavy, timing-heavy offense, like, yeah, maybe that's a thing. But with a large component of running the ball, I think that allows the offense to kind of settle themselves in very early on. And I don't really see the rest versus rust thing coming into play too much. Is that something that you're concerned about? I think there's always that inkling of concern, but honestly, I'm not with this team. Um, You know, there, there's something about, and, and maybe I'm I'm reading it too much into this, but the fact that you know last season there was this young team that had such a flame out in the first round of the playoffs, and here they are, they've turned that corner, they're hungry, and I I like the this of course not that I'm sitting there in the locker room, but the interviews that that you're seeing where guys are just like seemingly completely focused i mean every time you you see an interview with lamar he is the most uncocky nose to the grindstone kind of guy and i just don't see this team because i guess i look at when rust becomes a factor it's because the team rested on their laurels for a week I don't know that this team rested on their laurels for a week. Did they rest to heal? Maybe were needed, but otherwise, I think these guys were even even when they're taking a break, they're on point. I mean, there there's a lot about this team that I like, so I'm not. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is that Harbaugh is really, really good off a of bye. And, you know, that's what he got in this past week. And, you know, even though, great point. you know, Lamar didn't play, Harbaugh is so good off of a bye, you know, I, I, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know the numbers, but 
he wins a lot after bye weeks. So I think he'll have the, the team ready to go. The percentage is I mean, strong, for right. sure. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it, the more I think about it, the, the rest versus rust thing is not uh, not as big of a concern to me. And I, I think the Ravens will come out ready to play. I mean, they might, you know, they may not score three touchdowns in their first three uh, possessions. Well, they might. But if they don't, you know, it, it, I'm not too concerned about a too slow of a start, uh, especially because uh, just that ability to run the ball really helps everybody settle in a little bit, get that offensive line warmed up and uh, ready to go downhill. Um, and honestly, I even if the Ravens do start slow, I don't know that I would necessarily put it on rust as much as, hey, the Titans are a hot team right now. Mm-hmm. And they're coming in probably strutting their stuff a bit after putting down the Patriots. And, and just pretty much, I want to say over, I guess, yeah, they overpowered them. You know, they and I think they're strutting their stuff a bit. They could come in feeling real good about themselves. And when I say strut their stuff, I don't mean talking, you know, talking trash and coming in cocky. I just mean confident. And, you know, so I could I could see them coming in and and starting. They start fast. Not necessarily we start slow. I don't know if that makes sense. But I still see us, it certainly offensively, quickly figuring them out and taking care of business where we need to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. like you said, I don't, I don't really consider that too big of an issue. Um, I do think that, um, as always, time of possession is going to come into play. And both of these teams are pretty good running teams. Um, the Titans don't defend the run quite as well as the Ravens do. But, you know, time of possession is going to be a big deal here. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, I, I kind of want to keep the ball away from the Titans to keep the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands and not necessarily Ryan Tannehill's hands, even though Tannehill has been really good. Um, you know, didn't have the biggest game against the Patriots, but ever since he took over, for the Titans, he has been really good. So, you know, continuing to run the ball, continue, continuing to keep that clock moving might be more so to keep the Titans running game at bay because they could turn around and try to do the same thing to us. I agree with you. I, and that's my biggest worry because where the, where the Titans defense as a whole doesn't necessarily scare me, per se, their best defender is Derrick Henry. And if they are able to control time of possession and defend well, they can win the game. You know, that's because that's how you're going to beat the Ravens. I I stand by that thought that I don't really see. Now, certainly, I guess we can we can lose in a in a shootout, you know, with any team, you know, I'm not talking about the Titans. But the team that I fear, the makeup of a team that I fear with this team is that one that can control the clock and keep the ball away from Lamar Jackson. Um, So hopefully they can figure out a way to keep the ball away from Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, it's almost what the what the 49ers tried to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and 
the Ravens ended up winning that game. And, and like I said, I don't think the Titans are, are anything like the, the 49ers. The 49ers are a really good rushing team, too, and, and the Ravens were able to find a way to defeat them. The other thing, uh, you know, we already talked about Mark Ingram's injury. You know, Gus Edwards performed really well against the Steelers as the feature back. The other guy, Justice Hill, looked really good too i mean he's he's got the speed but he also showed quite a bit of power like running over some some defenders on his touchdown run and a, a lot of really good balance and then the ravens just added paul perkins to the practice squad i mean i don't know if, if he'll be promoted and activated for for the game but either way it, it's still a good stable of running backs i mean obviously it'd be really nice to have ingram active you know he didn't practice on tuesday but as you mentioned uh, before we started recording it, you know, maybe it was because of the snow and the Ravens practiced outside today. But, uh, you know, really got to keep an eye on him on Wednesday and Thursday. Look at his practice levels. Uh, the other guy that was limited today was Mark Andrews uh, with an ankle. And I don't I mean, he's kind of been banged up all year and has played and has continued to play well. So not too concerned about that injury either. But um yeah, that, that Mark Ingram one is, is, a, is one to keep an eye on. And, um, you know, if he's able to play, that would be fantastic because, you know, not just what he does as a runner, but also as, as a guy that picks up the blitz and things like that. So, you know, it would be great to have a guy like Ingram involved. Not that the – I guess DPs doesn't really blitz all that much. But Mark Ingram is a big part of this team and, uh, you know, definitely – Dare I say the heart there. and soul of the team? As much as Lamar is the leader of the team, mm-hmm. I Ingram is such a big part. I mean, he's he's there hanging out with the defenders. He's there hanging out with the obviously the offense and the special teams and the coaches and you know yelling things to the fans and you know I mean just we need him to be there. It, it, it's not going to be a Super Bowl run without Mark Ingram. You know, he needs to he needs to be healthy and needs to play. Now, that said, you know, as we were talking about before we started recording, I mean, and as you mentioned it a little bit ago, Justice Hill, I mean, was I I don't want to I want to go short of calling him a revelation against the Steelers, but he certainly didn't look like a rookie anymore. He looked like a legitimate pro running back that (laughs) could burst onto the scene at any moment. I mean, so. Even if the Ravens do end up, you know, being cautious and holding back Mark Ingram for some reason this week, it's it's at all possible that, you know, the best running back on the field on Saturday ends up not being Derrick Henry. It could be, you know, Justice Hill. Crazier Mm -hmm. things have happened in the NFL. Now, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that, but... Who knows when you've got a team preparing for, you know, the thunder and lightning of either Ingram and Gus Edwards or Lamar Jackson, you throw in that extra lightning of Justice Hill and suddenly that changes things a bit. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I think overall, if the if the Ravens are able to create a positive game script on offense, you know, no matter who's running the ball or who Lamar's throwing to, I mean, the, the Titans defense is very susceptible to tight end activity. So, um, you know, might be a big game for Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Nick Boyle to get involved might, in the passing game. Might. They never get involved in the passing game. So I'm yeah, sure they're. Yeah, they've been a little quiet. I don't know. Year, right? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what I mean, you're saying is that the the game is lining up well for the Ravens, DK. <laughs> it might be. It might be. So it, it seems like the, the Ravens are pretty good at what the Titans aren't so good at. So, I mean, definitely the, the Titans defense, you know, they only gave up 13 points to the Pats. And, you know, down year for that Pats offense, not too many weapons and all that. But still going on the road to Foxborough and only giving up 13 points is impressive. However, that offense is not the Ravens offense. And I think the Ravens offense will be able to do what they've been able to do all year. And, you know, maybe not five touchdown passes for Lamar, but I expect him to have a a very good game. Is there anything else that you need to add on the offensive side before you flip it over to the defense? I don't think so. I think we've covered it all for me. All right. So then let's flip it over to the defense guy that we've mentioned a couple of times. The, Rave, uh, the Titans offense starts with Derrick Henry, the big Running back out of Alabama, he is six foot three, two hundred and forty-seven pounds. He is a load. He is tough to tackle. He runs very hard. He is deceptively fast for his size. He can really move. Um, that the Titans' offensive line is very good at run blocking. And if the Ravens' defense has had one weakness all year, it is on some outside runs, and that's kind of where the Titans like to go. How? Maybe scale of one to ten. How concerned are you about Derrick Henry? I would say seven. I mean, he's That's my fair. concern. He's yeah. my concern. I wouldn't say it's, you know, it, it's solidly in, say, the orange zone. I'm not, you know, in the red. I'm not, you know, a little bit more than just caution. You know, it's, it's you know, he's he's the concern, you know. And on a... On a lower level, you know, I would say my concern would be the, you know, the Tannehill-A.J. Brown connection. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's way way down the list. You know, of, of the, say, top ten things I'm worried about, you know, with respect to the Titans, Derrick Henry gets the first six slots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And especially his, you know, the way that they like to run off guard and off tackle. Um, that's kind of where the Ravens have seemed to struggle. I mean, early on in the season, we saw what Nick Chubb did. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills had success running with Devin Singletary in those areas on the field. It's going to be a really big game for guys like Matt Judon, uh, Jihad Ward, and Jalen Ferguson to set those edges. And, you know, while the Titans may not go all the way outside. I think maintaining the, the line of scrimmage and, and setting that edge is going to be really important to allow, you know, guys like the middle linebackers, Bynes and Fort and Chuck Clark to come up and make tackles. So, I mean, look, it's not going to be easy for sure. And, and it's very possible that Derrick Henry gets his. I mean, over the past like seven games, I think he's averaging 163 yards per game, like something ridiculous like that. He has might, 400 yards essentially over the last two games. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he might get his. Now, the thing that I would also like to point out is despite the huge game from Derrick Henry, the Titans only scored 14 points on offense in that game. So, you know, when it comes to everything else, maybe they weren't as efficient. And, you know, if the Patriots' strength on defense is their secondary, that's also the Ravens' strength on defense. 
you know, we've talked about it all year, how good the secondary is. And, um, you know, while, while the Ravens like to blitz a lot is be, and, and they can do it because of how good their corners and their safeties are. So, you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing that, you know, if the, if the Titans lean on Derrick Henry that much, because if we get them in a position to make Ryan Tannehill win the game, I like our secondary's chances in that matchup. I agree. I mean, because even even where I say I have some concern and Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown, they they shouldn't be any match for the Ravens secondary. It's just simply too good. Now, A.J. Brown is a heck of a player. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we were texting a little bit after the Titans beat the Patriots last week. And, you know, I, I still have a bit of a man crush on AJ Brown and, and look, he's going to be offensive rookie of the year. Not to diss Hollywood, but he might've been the pick, you know, AJ Brown, if we had taken him, think about, I know it's look, the Ravens have been fantastic. I'm not trying to put a damper on our conversation, but add AJ Brown to this offense. Wow. That's he's, I, I mean, he's a really good player. They also have Corey Davis on the outside. I believe he was also a first-round pick. He's a big wide receiver. Yeah. They have Jonu Smith at tight end, who's a very athletic guy. So they have some weapons, and they have Adam Humphreys in the slot. They have yep. some weapons. They've got we just, decent, decent offensive linemen, if, if unhinged at times. Um, right. When it comes to pass blocking, they're not great, though. I mean, they're, they're good run-blocking offensive linemen, but when it comes to pass blocking, especially with how the Ravens blitz, and, and Tannehill has been really good against the blitz. I mean, it, it's been reported on quite a bit now. Uh, the Ravens' website had a good piece on it, a good section on how good Tannehill has been against the blitz. But I just, I mean, he hasn't seen this he hasn't and seen the Ryan secondary. It, and it's still Ryan Tannehill until Ryan Tannehill beats us, knock on wood. But until Ryan Tannehill beats us, he's excuse me, he's still going to be Ryan Tannehill. Right. Right. And and you know, he, he may make his handful of plays and you know the the Titans may score some points, but I think all in all you know, if we can somewhat contain the run and, you know, not give up 300 yards on the ground to Derrick Henry on 10 carries or whatever, you know, I, I, I give this defense a really good shot. I think they, they've been a lot better since uh, making all those changes that we've that we've discussed so many times. You know, I, I think that the Ravens defense is built a little bit different than that Pats defense and probably some of the other defenses than uh than the Titans have seen on their hot streak. I think the Ravens defense is going to be okay. Martin Wink Martindale does have his hands full for sure. But, uh, you know, I think they'll come to play. I think Earl Thomas was talking his talk earlier today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like their chances, uh, to, to make some plays, create some turnovers maybe, and, uh, you know, make some plays when they have to. I agree. I, I mean, in the end, you know, I've, I've tried to play it safe in some respects and give the Titans maybe more respect than, than I should be. I mean, 
the Ravens should win this game. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're at home. They're rested. They're coming off a bye, and they have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, so I think the Ravens are kind of better at every aspect of the game, even though the Titans are, are pretty good. You know, we keep saying that the Titans are a good team, but I think the Ravens are better at, at pretty much every facet of the game. I mean, maybe, you know, if we if we flip to special teams real quick, Brett Kern is a beast at punter. You know, he, 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 we saw some really good good punts from him in the, in the wild card. But we game. don't even need a punter, TK. Right, right. I mean, Sam <laughs> Cook, I think, punted like 40 times all year. But the, the thing that we've been saying is, you know, despite – having a good punter with this offense that eats up yardage and the Titans defense that gives up a, a lot of yardage, the field position battle may not be as big of a deal this time around for the Ravens. I mean, if they can pin the Titans back, obviously that's a plus, but you know, for a defense that gives up a lot of yards, you know, getting pinned inside the 10 yard line may not be that big of a deal. And, you know, as long as, as long as the Ravens don't, you know, get all clammy with their with their play call and, and stick t- true to what they have all year, you know, they, they should be all right in that aspect. And, and maybe Brett Kern's, you know, precision punts aren't that big of a deal anymore. So I have a question for you. So we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording just about the, the Vrabel-Belichick chess match going mm-hmm. on that, that we witnessed. And and for those that aren't aware, there was a whole stretch of plays where the Titans were getting ready to punt, but they were able to get milk the clock down to under five minutes. Yeah, and without doing I guess anything. Because I guess the rule is with a penalty until five minutes, was it 15 seconds? That it comes back on at some point, the clock will start um, on your play clock. Um, I think twenty five. While you're that's in right. that's is it just twenty five? Get... Just the full? Yeah. Is it just, just the full play clock? Anyway, yeah, that's how they were able to milk so much. Yeah, and then they so just they were able started. to milk like it was. It was a solid minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. You know that they were able to milk milk off the clock. So anyway, the point of all that it was it was quite the. Uh, maneuver or outmaneuvering rather of of Belichick do you see anything like that going on this week uh between Rabel and Harbaugh and who do you expect to have the upper hand when it happens I definitely expect something like that to happen you you know like whether it's something like that or like taking a safety on purpose or like a weird a purposeful holding penalty you know, I, I think something like that is going to happen because that just seems to be this something that happens to the Titans quite a bit. I do expect John Harbaugh to have the upper hand in that because of his experience and particularly his experience pulling stuff like that off. But mm-hmm. I will say I'm pretty impressed by Mike Rabel. I mean, I think last year, you know, being a former linebacker and things like that, I, I I wasn't really high on his maybe coaching IQ, I guess is the way to say it. But that maneuver certainly really impressed me. 
and the way that he was able to maneuver through the rest of the game as well on on Saturday. I mean, I can't I can't say that I watch a ton of Titans games, but that in particular really impressed me. And, and it, it, it's good to see another good young coach in the league. So definitely impressed by Mike Vrabel. But I do expect Harbaugh to have the, the upper hand in that. I would agree that that was beautifully said. Um, yeah, I think I think like you, I mean, that was pretty fun to watch, you know, to mm-hmm. see anybody outmaneuver Belichick in any way. I, I I just I would love to see and I haven't seen any. I'm sure Harbaugh has been asked about it and I have not seen a quote yet from him. But, you know, he's got to be sitting there going, "Ooh, what do we need to cook up this week? To be yeah. ready, you know, right, and right. certainly things like that particular situation, you don't necessarily while you plan for that. That's not necessarily something you're practicing each week, but uh, it just heads up such a heads up stretch of plays that was for for the Titans. And, you know, that won them the game. I mean, yeah. flat out, it won them the game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like just loved seeing how mad Bill Belichick was getting because he pulled that off this season earlier. And I, I forget which game, but like he did the same thing where his punt unit just stood there and took penalties. But um, it was great to see uh, Brable employ that against his former coach. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, I mean, it was fun. Uh, that was the most thrilling part of the game for me, to be honest, just to see how mad Belichick was getting. But yeah, um, agreed. You know, to go back to the special teams, uh, a little interesting tidbit on the Titans kicker. He has not attempted a kick in the NFL. Did you know this? Wait, what? They got a new kicker uh, in the middle of the year. They they signed Greg Joseph in the middle of December, and you know he was he was Cleveland's um, kicker uh, last year. And he's made uh, all of his extra points, but he's never he hasn't kicked a field goal this year. They haven't even attempted, or he yeah, like that. they no, they haven't even attempted. Like they only kicked eighteen field goals all year, and I think they went like eight for eighteen, like something really bad. So they brought this guy in at, right before the end of the se- regular season, and he hit his extra points, but just has not kicked a a, a normal field goal. It's like so bizarre for a playoff team. But. Yeah, I more and more TK. You know, I was coming into this, you know, not nervous per se against the, about the the game against the Titans, but certainly with cautious optimism. Let me let me put it that way. I am quickly losing the caution <laughs> as as we continue to speak. Um, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. if it comes down to a big field goal, you know, who's got the advantage there? Like one of the greatest kickers of all time or a guy who hasn't Ever kicked a field goal all season in the NFL. Well, he, he, he wow. made kicks last year, but this year. Oh, he did. So I thought you said he's never made a kick in the NFL. So you're just saying this season. This, this season, yeah, maybe, game. yeah, I'm sorry if I misspoke, but this season is not a time. I may have just misunderstood, but okay, well, I still feel better about it, because I'm sorry, I, as you said, I'll take Justin Tucker over Greg Joseph any day of the week. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. So that's an interesting, interesting little tidbit there on the Titans special teams. Uh, not the biggest field goal guys in the world, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, do you have anything else to add on this game? I mean, maybe we can talk about some of the some of the coaching carousel and and the, yeah. Well, I mean, how about this? I mean, do you want to give a prediction for the for the game, or do we want to end with that? I think we'll what end with think? the prediction. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll end with the prediction. Well, then, yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, since we were just talking about the uh, little coaching uh, chess game between Belichick and Rabel and the potential possibilities between Rabel and Harbaugh. We can talk about the fact that hey, it looks like uh, we might not have to get new coordinators for next season. Yeah, yeah. So all of these NFL job openings are are being filled. Um, it, Wink Martindale and Greg Roman had interviewed for a few jobs, but you know, I, I read from Jeff Zrebic that uh, it didn't seem like they were the front runners for any of them. Um, now it seems like there's only one job left out there, and that's the Cleveland Browns. And doesn't seem like uh, Wink Martindale is being considered for that one, but I think Greg Roman is still a possibility. There are a lot of other very talented, very qualified coaches out there that the Browns might lean on uh, instead of Greg Roman. You know, Greg I would Roman's dare say good. more high profile than Greg Roman. Yeah. Yeah, as good definitely. as the Ravens have been this year, and that's not saying, you know, a lot of that is Greg Roman's play calling, but I would say that, that there are definitely some some big names out there for them to choose from. Yeah, and those names are currently slipping my mind. I'm going to try to find a find a Well, Josh list Daniels is, is, a, is the yeah. biggest one right now who's apparently in the lead now. To me, that somewhat makes me nervous in the sense that, obviously, as we learned a few years ago with his um, deal that broke down with Indianapolis, you know, he could he could agree to terms and they could turn around and, you know, Greg Roman could then be named coach of the Browns three days later. Right. Um, so, you know, that that ship hasn't fully sailed yet, but I would just be surprised. I mean, you think. You think about the even like the Jason Garretts of the world and, you know, some mm-hmm. of the people that may, they may try to go after that, you know, it, or do you wait that long to confirm everything with Greg Roman? You know, I don't know, because he, they, they, technically he could get picked off in the middle of this, like before or after this Tennessee game. Uh, so, I mean, the Ravens would have to find a, a new offensive coordinator, most likely an internal hire uh, if, if Roman goes. But like you said, I mean, there seem to be other high-profile names. I mean, one name that, that I like always like you know, is, is Jim Caldwell, and I haven't really seen his name out there very much. I think he would actually be a pretty good fit with the, uh, with the Browns because, you know, his experience with Stafford, kind of a gunslinger quarterback, Baker Mayfield likes to throw the ball all over the all over the field, as you can see with his 21 or 22 interceptions that he threw this year. But uh, I, I thought that he would be a fit. I haven't really seen his name, but all, all of that considered, it looks unlikely that uh, Greg Roman would be the guy for the Browns. So I think I think we can all rejoice in that fact. I mean, I think it's huge for the Ravens. In so many ways, should Greg Roman stay, you know, just the 
staying in the same system, all those problems we had with Flacco, you know, never quite having what we wanted out of an offense, all that stuff. We finally have that, obviously, this season. It's good to see at least consistency for one more year for Lamar is fantastic. And also potentially the chance for, you know, another one of these assistants to continue to learn this offense so they can then take it and hopefully grow upon it um, whenever Roman should leave down the road. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's a great point, because like I said, at some point, you know, Roman is going to get a job and there's going to have to be somebody to take that takes over. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's somebody qualified. Like I said, right now, it makes sense for it to be uh, an an internal hire. And because I'm not sure anybody else has a system that really matches what Greg Roman does. But, yeah, I mean, that's certainly something to consider, you know. You want you want other people to get more comfortable with with all these designs that Roman has put together, and uh, hopefully that's not a problem that we have to worry about until you know twenty twenty one. You'd hope. Yeah, let's kick the can can down the road a couple years. But I mean, there's no question if the Ravens continue to have success, he will he will become a head coach, whether that be in college or the NFL he will become the head coach because yes. at this point, the Ravens, especially when you think about the college game, because they are running such a seemingly college friendly offense, you know, I, I actually, as I'm thinking about it, I'm a little, little more worried that a big time college program is going to come after Greg Roman right now than an NFL team. Yeah. But then I guess, Hopefully, you, you got to hope that he wouldn't want to have to deal with the headache of the NCAA and the headache. Sure, of the there's recruiting and everything else. And, I yeah, guess so. I'm just looking at it as if if Roman decides that you know he needs to make sure he takes that head coaching stepping stone, mm-hmm. I could see him saying, "Okay, you know, the University of Miami is coming to call for a couple years. I'm going to go right. down there." until the money runs out for a couple seasons and then I'll go back to the NFL, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I could see something like that happening because if he, if, you know, let's think about it, you know, if he were to leave and go to a college team and they continue to pump out that success, he's going to quickly get hired by an NFL team. It's not going to take long, you know, sure. for someone to go grab him similar to a, Bill O'Brien, when he got t- got hired after the year at Penn State, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to take coach. long. Yep. Yeah, cool. exactly. The Baylor yep. coach that just got hired by Carolina today mm-hmm. with a it's massive real. contract, which seems My crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, he really cashed in. Good for him. He's, I think, but, the uh, sixth highest paid coach or something right now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, either way, I'm, I'm glad that our, our coordinators are, are staying. It looks like they're staying at least uh, for a little bit. You know, at some point they'll get head coach jobs, in which like at which time I'll be very happy for them. But I am happy that they seem to be staying for now. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good team for the really good thing for this organization. Um, anything else to add on coaches, or can we talk about some of these all pro nods that we got? I think the only the only thing I'd like to add is just how lucky we are to have John Harbaugh. 
mm-hmm. as our head coach. I mean, you think about all the guys that have been fired recently. Jason Garrett just got fired, and you think about you know what could have been, been when we hired Harbaugh. You know that we basically yeah. offered the job to Garrett. He tra- turned it down. Then we ended up. You know, no one wanted to come to the Ravens, and then we ended up with Harbaugh. I mean, we were like, everybody was talking about how awful we were because we didn't have a quarterback and blah, blah, blah. And here we go. We get this, you know, unconventional hire that was, uh, you know, what special teams wide receivers coach. And here he is, the likely coach of the year this year. I just think... You can't say anything more about John John Harbaugh. By far the best coach in Ravens history. But not only that, I mean, coming close to the best coach in Baltimore professional football history. I mean, it. Not to. I know we're talking about hallowed grounds of some of the you know some of the old Colts teams, but let's be real. I mean, if if John Harbaugh already has a Super Bowl title. Mm-hmm. If the Ravens were to go and and win the Super Bowl again this season, he ends up with a Coach of the Year year award, hopefully as he should get. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly putting himself in that conversation. Um, you know, with Lamar here for at least a couple more years, yeah. the window is there. The window of opportunity for Harbaugh to cement his legacy is definitely his record. There is seemingly only going to improve over the next five to 10 years. Should he? Yeah, he's still a pretty young guy. Him. So yeah, relative to uh, other coaches, he's still a pretty young guy. So he, he's going to be around for a while. And uh, hopefully we hope that it's, that's, yeah, uh, we can only Ravens help. purple and black. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's talk about the all pros real quick. The Ravens had five all pro selections. Uh, which is leading the league uh, to the first team. They had five, and then uh, Marshall Yonda added to the sixth. So that was Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Uh, we had Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, which I am so happy. That is so well-deserved for Ronnie Stanley um, to get that first team nod. You know, he's been so good all year. And then, of course, uh, we have the guys on the defense, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, who have been terrific all season. And I'm forgetting one. Who am I forgetting? Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. You're right. How could I? All year, I've taken for granted. First team all pro. And uh, definitely best kicker in the league at the moment, for sure. Maybe one of the best of all time. So well-deserved for him as well. And then on the second team, you had Marshall Yonda, the veteran, the the constant that's been on this team for, for so long, the veteran leader. Great to see him get some recognition as well for the second team nod. Do you think anybody got snubbed? Not really. Do you? It's hard for me to say that just because, you know, I feel like there were so many awards this year, it's hard for me to to feel like we got snubbed somewhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm biased, but... The one that I thought might have had a chance was Mark Andrews. I mean, he was second sure. in the league in touchdowns. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey had five touchdowns this year, but he also had, you know, 1,200 yards receiving. So, I mean, he was second team. I think George Kittle was first team. Those are both were very well-deserved. I mean, can't really yeah. argue against those, but 
I thought Andrews had a had a shot. I think Pat Ricard had a shot. You know, we talked about this earlier because Christian McCaffrey won it at two positions, which I don't really agree with. I think that's kind of a waste. And uh, you know, he won it at running back and at flex, and definitely very deserving at running back. You know, you could argue Derrick Henry, who led the league in rushing yards this year, should have gotten the flex. But I think Pat Ricard, you know, no love for the fullbacks out here. I mean, he's lead blocker for the most potent rushing attack of all time and uh, no recognition. I guess he, he's elected to the Pro Bowl, so I guess. Yeah, I feel like they got the Pro Bowl recognition, so that that certainly makes it makes it better in some respects. Not that I, that I expect anyone on the Ravens to be actually playing in the Pro Bowl. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. You know, it, it's we were talking about this a little bit before the before we started recording, and that the pro the Pro Bowl or not Pro Bowl, excuse me, all Pro is just kind of stupid. I mean, just the fact that they have a flex position that they actually vote for for All Pro, it's not fantasy football, so that's that's weird to me. I mean, it's great that we have all of those All Pros and freaking we've got all the Pro Bowlers. That's great. But that is just weird to me that we have a flex position that's actually voted for as a postseason award. That's kind of weird. And then there's 14 defensive spots because they do corners, safeties, and defensive backs as three different spots. And then don't they do inside or inside and outside corners or something like that? I think there's something like that as well. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm glad the Ravens led the league. They definitely deserved it, but I don't really get it. Yeah, I I don't get him either. But I'll tell you what, the biggest the biggest takeaway for me out of the list of those players are the two guys that we signed to extensions. Mm-hmm. Mr. Patrick Ricard do it all, yep. gets a new deal, and the surprise acquisition that turned around the defense midseason, Mr. Marcus Peters will be coming back to the Ravens for a for a couple seasons to, to come. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a really, really smart acquisition and a really smart uh, extension. You know, the value that the Ravens got for him, you know, he played so well. He's all pro, but I think, you know, he's over that over that contract. He's going to be like the 10th highest paid corner in the league. So, like, not paying crazy top dollar, but still getting really good value for him. It's a really good move by DaCosta, I think. A really good move to keep Patrick Ricard around. You know, big physical guy like that is definitely always going to be required in uh, this kind of running offense. So two really good extensions. They're very, very um, prudent. And maybe the next couple guys that we'll see soon are guys like Matt Judon and Ronnie Stanley. And uh, I think those two are the two that are really standing out must to me. Must signs. I- the must signs. Although it sounds like mm-hmm. all everything's pointing to uh, Judon probably being... Uh, our franchise player, you know, certainly he and Stanley are the biggest priorities at the moment. Yeah, but with the new uh, collective bargaining agreement coming up, there might not be a franchise tag anymore. If they, well, if they that's a good point. Negotiate it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, that'll, yeah, that's something interesting to see. The other guy that's coming up is Marlon Humphrey. You know, he's he's going to be eligible for an extension at some point. Um, if he continues to play at a high level, he doesn't really have a reason to sign an extension and can hit the free market if he wants to. But hopefully he wants to stay in Baltimore and stay a part of something special. 
and uh, you know, can uh, well we can only hope. I mean, you know, the draw is right now is Lamar Jackson. There's no question. I mean, he is. The Ravens are going to be able to get potentially a discount from so many veterans for depth or 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 what have you because they want to come play with Lamar. Um, so that to me is is going to be the most fun in my mind of the offseason is going to be, hey, who are the Ravens going to be able to get as a, oh, crap, are you serious? Just because mm-hmm. some guy wants to come play with Lamar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've had we've seen it happen on, on the defense. And then look, I'm not and I'm not talking about the the Beckhams of the world, you know, these guys that are come gonna come make, you know, break the bank and kill our cap. I'm not talking about those guys either. I'm talking about the you know, that you know, that Shannon Sharp signing, you know, that that takes you over to the top and and right. gets you gets you hopefully your your next championship. You know, and those those extra depth signings that that really sets you apart from the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's going to be really fun to watch. Um, you know, but we're we're not looking at the off season yet. We still got some business to take care of Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So maybe let's circle all the way back to the beginning of our podcast here and get into a prediction for this Ravens and Titans game. What are you thinking we're going to do here? I'm thinking maybe while you're thinking, I'll look at the line and the over and under for you. Sure. That's that's important. It is under. Uh, It is important. I think the Ravens are favored by nine and a half. Wow. And the total is 47 and a half. Interesting. Well, I am going to take the over. And I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm going to go 31 to 20. Okay. I So I think that the Ravens are going to win. I don't think they're going to cover. Uh, so I'm going to take the under. And the Ravens will, won't cover. I got like 24 to 10. Or I'm sorry, 24 to 20. Uh, the Ravens will win. Uh, but in a one possession game. I think that the uh, is it closer make- than uh, closer than the score, or is it as close as the score, uh, or not as close as the score? I guess is what I'm trying to say, or as close as the score. Yeah, team. I think it's going to be an intense fourth quarter. Is, is the way that I'll say it. Um, not sure exactly how we'll get there, but it'll be a one possession game, and it'll either come down to the Ravens uh, converting a big third down or getting a big stop or a big turnover late. To, to seal the game. So that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. I, I think it's going to be a game in which I'm on the edge of my seat for a long time. And uh, we'll see. I, I, we both think that the Ravens are going to be able to pull this one out. You're a little bit more confident than I am, I think, after this conversation. But uh, I am, but both... I mean, that said, I, I think it's going to play out just the similar script that we've been seeing. You know, I expect yeah. it to be like 14-14 and half, and the Ravens pull away you know, in the second half because they just wear, not necessarily wear them out, but finally they just don't know what we're going to do on offense and, and we take advantage. Um, we can certainly hope so. Yeah, we can only hope so. Absolutely. And and hopefully take Derrick Henry out of the ballgame some way, somehow. 
Yeah, yeah. In a healthy fashion. Not that I'm wishing injury on on anyone. I I certainly hope he leaves on both legs. But if he were to, you know, pull a hamstring, I wouldn't certainly be upset (laughs) about that. No, man. I think if we <laughs> if we we have, we have a positive game script, take him out that way, not let him agree thirty five times. Agree. But uh, we'll make we'll we'll and and kids earmuffs. We'll we'll make him our bitch, just like Ray Lewis <laughs> did to Eddie George back in two thousand. Yes, absolutely. We we didn't really consider that in this podcast, but this is the revival of an old rivalry. We think the Ravens will continue to dominate the rivalry as. As uh, far as recently goes, at least. So, uh, Holly, you want to sign us off? Well, you know, you brought up a good point. You know, remember the Titans. Remember how much you hated the Titans back in the old AFC Central. They sucked. Steve McNair before he was a Raven. Eddie George when he was a stud. And we made them our babies we took them and just bottled them up and threw them away and just rode off to our first super bowl championship i expect us to do the same this week on saturday night at the bank big trust go ravens